Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than Stand Up. I'm Brent Lamont. Joining me at the beginning of our fourth season in this iteration, we're going to have a conversation about Agile. And the big one is, is it a mindset or is it a methodology? Because people have opinions about which one it is. And if you think about Agile, you hear about Agile, you think about Scrum, you think about Kanban, you think about TDD, blah, 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 insert all the acronyms. It's about the umbrella that is the methodology. But there are those who talk about Agile as a mindset. I'm thinking of Steve Denning as an example. So friends of the pod are here. Teresa Kramer, who is the director of the Agile Operations Team within Enablement Operations ISBN. Hi, Teresa. How's it going? Good. How are you, Brent? I'm fantastic as always. And then another friend of the pod, the Cloud Ops SAP Field Glass rep, our good friend, Michael Basil. Michael, how are you? Very good. Good to be here. Outstanding. Thanks for being here. Okay. So I'm going to just skip the ability for you guys to say it's both because somebody could say it's both. If you're gonna pick one or the other, is it a mindset or is it a methodology? Mr. Basil, which is it? Can I, I wanna, I wanna hear the other answer first. <laughs> wow. Okay, Teresa, uh, which is so it? Let me start by saying I wouldn't have said it's both. Okay. Um, Early on in my career, uh, the mentor that I had drilled into my head that at its core, Agile is a set of values and principles. So at most, I would say it's a mindset. It's definitely not a methodology. Um, and we then we could have a long conversation about values and how they play into people's mindsets. But there are frameworks inside of Agile or that help you become Agile, from my perspective, versus Agile itself being the methodology. I, okay. I like that opinion. I'm going to state it is objectively true that it is a mindset primarily and everything else is secondary. And my evidence for that statement would be that the Agile Manifesto itself is four values which form a system that work together. And there is no nothing without that and the methodology is irrelevant or looks like waterfall to the untrained eye sometimes mm -hmm. so from that position i believe it's objectively true that it aligns cleanly to mindset and everything else is irrelevant until you understand that it's irrelevant okay so i'll throw in my two cents on this is that you can i think we're agile falls down or agile runs into roadblocks is that people view it first as a methodology. And so they stand on the principles and that's the only way you can do things is that you have to check all the boxes, do all the things and you're good to go. Whereas if you walked in and said to people, here's a mindset and help them guide them to wherever they need to be, whatever works for them so that it is successful, then that's, that's agility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I'll go back to a statement that I've used with teams repeatedly over the course of the year, specifically Scrum or Kanban teams. And they asked me, how do we know when we're agile? Like, when are we done? Mm. 
And I said, well, you know, it's not really about your stand-up. It's not about your refinement. It's not about your planning, right? Are you meeting these values and principles? Are you living these things? And, and if you are, then everything else really doesn't matter. The stand-up could right. be a waste of your time if you're meeting these values and principles. So a lot of times what I'll do with teams is have them do a retrospective on just those values and principles where, you know, where do we need to improve on um, interacting with a customer, for instance, right? Like go through those principles. And if, if you're able to say, you know, true to yourself and true to your organization that you're living that and you're able to, to demonstrate that, then great. And if you can't, then that's an area for improvement. I would, I would agree that if doing a values audit is a good way to see if you're on the right path, I would agree with that. If you're on an agile path, I would add that many people cannot articulate what path they're on and where that path is going. That path is answering one single question of you are, you are at one milestone when the question answer is, do we have a team? If we, if we had to say, this is a team and no longer a group of individuals being commanded and directed, when you can flip that to yes, that's the purpose of why you choose Agile as a possibility over waterfall. And that's where you're going. So you have a team and that for that to occur, the commander has to trust the team to self-organize. And so you're driving at this. And so a lot of people get hung up on Agile is used because psychological safety. And it's like, that's a, co that's a high correlator to a team existing versus a group of individuals because it allows people, when there is psychological safety, people self-organize and they don't disrespect the team. We disrespect the team when we don't, when we deliver low quality, when we don't, when we, when we say something's done without checking a bot, without having the check boxes all met, all the acceptance criteria met and a team doesn't allow other members to disrespect the team. And when other members need support, they rotate in without being directed to support the person in a, in a, in a safe way, in a, in a supportive way. And so you, you don't want Agile if you want to be a commander. You don't want it. And so if I don't, eventually, I don't work at places where they want to be commanders forever. I just, I, I end up working somewhere else. I want to build on this idea that people don't understand the path that they're on. So if you're going to do that audit, what, what's the outcome we're trying to achieve? What is, what is the top of the mountain look like, right? And I, I think the reason is that there's that misconception that Agile is a methodology, which implies that there's a set of check boxes to go through. Like, are we mm -hmm. scrumming enough? Are we, uh, let's scrum better and we will become yeah. agile when there are all of these other things that go into that mindset and that ability to really get into a state where you have team, where you have psychological safety, where you have empowered individuals or empowered teams doing that work. So and I'm going to, I'm going to highlight this with a story. So the best agile team to support your point, the best agile team I was on was when I was 13 years old. Okay. And didn't use any methodology. And what happened was I took, I was, I'm a, I was a striker and sometimes shut down defender in soccer. 
I took all the penalty kicks because I was a leading scorer and assist leader. I took them all. And that always worked. I was always directed to do that. That always, that always worked until it didn't, until I missed. And, and then on the next time I had a penalty kick, I hit the post. Okay. I couldn't score anymore. All right. So what happened though, I asked the coach who was the commander to please have someone else take the kicks until I could figure out what's going on. Okay. And then what happened next time a kick came up, he made a directive one more time. He directed a defender to take the tick kick, Brian, and he scored. And I asked him after the game, why he knew Brian was going to, Brian was going to make the shot. He said, I didn't, but Brian's been practicing. I saw him practicing at his house multiple times. And that led me to believe selecting Brian was a high quality decision. Okay. And that, and he said, that's all a commander can do. And so Brian scored. And then later I got taken out on a kick, uh, on a breakaway. And what happened there is I didn't feel scared to take the kick. He directed Brian to take the kick. And I met Brian, said, Brian, would you mind if I take the kick? I think I'm going to score. And Brian said, sure. Okay. Right. I went up and I scored using Brian's approach. I made a high quality decision from Brian. And Vito, the coach, never made another command decision again. Okay. Sure. And from that point on, because what it showed is that I, as one of the leaders, would follow somebody else on their area of expertise and we could self-organize. So the commander had lost any purpose of commanding and there would be only way he would come back in was a year later when we had gotten soft and he started coming in and making us run hard drills and, and resetting a circle of trust. Okay. Boundaries. Like a soccer, he drew a new soccer field. We were like way off the field, basically like kids out of control. And he pushed us back in with command decisions until we could manage ourselves. And that's, that's kind of the difference between traditional project management, command and control and coached, coached autonomy. And that's the path you're on. And people that are really good at this, I find so far, grew up playing group sports. Mm. Okay. And if they don't, they can be coached into it, but they don't do it naturally. And they start commanding people around and don't want to give up control. That can I throw in a yes and? Yes. And I think that there are kids who have no experience in sports, who are horrible at sports, but they do things like board games. That works right? too. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this quite extensively, and it's interesting you draw that parallel between sports and being able to work as a team in a corporate setting. Because this morning I was thinking back to the way that the majority of our generation, I'm not going to date myself on a podcast, but the way that the school system has been structured and even the way that we incent people inside of corporate America is not set up to incentivize or have people be well-versed in working in a team setting. 
you think back to the rows you were sitting in individually when you were in primary school or even high school, that, that's the way it was. You did your work independently and you got graded and so be it. And the same thing that we see now when we receive bonuses, merit increases, things of that nature, it's all about me, right? Yeah, I'm gonna support your point that, except my kid, when my kids go to, and Lila's three, but Jack is seven. Jack goes to a Chicago public school, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's one of the only ones, I think it's the only one that does this. It's a Montessori school. For, for, for the first, and that's very important at that age so that you're not in that lecture style because that allows children to understand they need to negotiate games. And so like, it doesn't True. have to be soccer. It doesn't have to be sports. So something we're doing at retrospectives now and icebreakers, I'm doing this on team formations, do icebreakers. What sports or group activities did you play as a kid? And so what you, when you end up finding in, in these corporate settings so far, there's a lot of soccer. There's a lot of Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. And, and so like people gravitate towards those learning styles and, and, and that's not the only one and this chess is another one. Okay. So you can, if you can figure out a language, the team understands like our Everest home group in, in field glass, a lot of them play soccer. We now know like Gary, Katrina, those are like some of our midfielders, Rev or some of our midfielders. Sure. Right. And I found that the product owner and his boss, uh, you know, our product owner, Dan was a sweeper. Okay. And our, and our SVP was a goalie. Okay. And like, for example, so, so for example, Dan gets frustrated when Jeff, the goalie comes too far out of net a lot. Okay. He feels encroached and the whole team feels frustrated when these two people are on our field instead of in their own game, with the stakeholders. Okay. And so like getting, like, you got to understand the role of like an agile coach is to get people oriented and understanding what their purpose is. And that's, that's a general team coach. That's what a coach does. It orients and builds people's knowledge and model of like what they're supposed to do. So what I don't want to do is I don't want to have it be where people who don't play sports can't be good agilists because that's yeah, that, could be ch- that could be chest it could be chest Absolutely. Team. it could be yeah no we, and that's what we look for it just yep. happens i got lucky because i have affinity for the same type of people as me <laughs> there you go and well, it's also the same thing well it's also the same thing you know we talk we're all based in the u.s we all understand the u.s educational system we have plenty of listeners who are not based in the u.s and they don't have that same thing but it's the thing that we need to make sure that we're talking about here, or at least what I'm hearing, is that uh, agility, successful agility is a mindset that ties into a lot of teamwork. And being on a sports team or being on any, any team of any type is really beneficial to that circumstance. I think it's good to be able to draw those analogies, in particular, if people are struggling with those concepts. Yep. One of the things that I was thinking through as you were speaking as just that what if I've never been in a team situation what if I was an only child what if Mm -hmm. all the things right and as we talked about the beginning agile is a set of values and principles if those values rub against somebody's personal values right 
Yeah, you have a you have a problem. You have a problem here. So if you yeah, potential problem. So respond to change over follow a plan. Okay. So immediately I know that agile is going to be very easy for people who are generally stoic in their approach. Okay. If they're highly dramatic, it's going to take some time. And it's like, but the thing is, that's okay. And that could be good if they're willing to learn. And you got to understand when we're learning, it's we're leaning into pain. So like when we want to learn to run faster, we experience pain on purpose. Okay. And like, I don't know if it's an American attitude that pain is bad, but like, I don't know that the whole world believes that. So like pain is neither good or bad. It can be either. Okay. And so like, that's a stoic view. And so like the style view. So like, you have to understand like, where's the team at and figure out how you can help the team. So, you know, personally, I look, I've been trying to evaluate what I do, where I've been successful. And like, what I'm doing is finding the leaders and a leader is the people that others tend to follow on something on a topic. So I find the leader on a topic or leaders on a topic and see if they conceptualize it because inherently other people start mimicking that behavior. Do you see what I mean? I, sure. I do. And I think whether or not pain resonates with. Like if you're uh, running, if you run, if you sure. run five miles, you've experienced pain. Sure. So, so that your body can learn and improve. Yes. You, and get, a, you get a, you get a reward. If, you don't walk on a daily basis, running five miles might be a little bit much Ex for Ex your muscles. Exactly. Yeah, and similarly, cognitive development works the same way where in this learning space, you can help people take small leaps. Mm -hmm. They can't leap so far that it's outside of their ability to do that stretch, to, to have that cognition. So I think there's also this aspect of recognizing where the values may not be resonating for people and meeting them where they're at to get them a little bit further in that. Yeah. Journey. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to support that. You're going to love this analogy. And this is, this works with like people in Chicago and then that grew up around my age because of the 1990s bulls. So Michael Jordan was a much better field coach and leader after he failed at baseball because yes. he didn't understand what it takes when you are starting from zero. Okay. And so it, it's, it's like, uh, you know, I was like, I had not worked out in a long time. And then recently I like, I couldn't walk a mile. Okay. And so I had to, so then I was like, I'm going to walk 15 minutes twice a day. That was where mm -hmm. I was at. Okay. Now I run a, a sub seven minute mile. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can do that, but that you can't just, if you do it too fast, you're going to pull a muscle. And, and I did, I, a couple of times I pulled muscles and that's because I was being too harsh on myself, experiencing too much too fast. And so like, that's a really balanced. And so you can, you can come in really too hard, but a lot of times people are like, they get really defensive when you're yeah. at, you know, when you're trying to push it. And so you, it, you got to kind of gauge that a little bit. So I want to pull us back to the original question is agile a mindset or a methodology. And that yep. to the point that was made about people standing on the book, thinking there's a methodology. A lot of people do come in too hard and that's where you'll see this visceral reaction in organizations, individuals, 
it, it's too much for them to consume. Scrum in particular is the worst for ripping the Band-Aid off and we're just gonna change, 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 change. All of these things about this corporate environment that you grew up in, all of yeah. these things that you've known and helped you be successful. That's why it's so important to get back to that mindset. What are the values? What well, are so the here, How are we here, helping here, get to that, that state? But here's yep. the mindset. Here's the mindset. When people like, I eventually, I usually get hired and then almost fired. Okay. Like this has happened many times to me. And, and, and it's like, what's happening is I'm charming when you first meet me, if I want to be possibly, if I can, I'm, I'm good at it sometimes. Okay. Like there's times where I'm good at it and that's where I've sold somebody to hire me. Right. And then I get in there and I didn't let them know what I was going to do beforehand. And I, they're completely caught off guard. So what they probably, if they've seen Top Gun, okay, I'll say, look, you think you hired, now if I do is going in fresh, they'd say, you, you're thinking, you've heard, I did a good job on a team somewhere, helping form a team. And you're going to think possibly that I'm Iceman, okay? <laughs> but in reality, if we're not careful, I'll end up like Goose, okay? Because you hired Maverick. And what that means is eventually it's going to feel like I buzzed the tower and on purpose, knowing it would. And, and that's there. You're like, you shouldn't do that. Like, well, it depends. It depends. So uh, I'm going to say a couple things here. One, you used my favorite phrase. It depends. Two is that there are going to be a bunch of people who listen to this podcast who are going to be going top imdb.com top gun. And if you haven't seen it, it is it is a classic in the Tom Cruise yeah. oeuvre. But I want to I want to ask one of the and, questions and, and, I asked and in the beginning. And, and just so it's good, it's relevant. And there's a new one coming out now. If it's relevant, <laughs> it's irrelevant to them. So yes, they, they, I do realize exactly. I went into a, a metaphor not everybody might understand. So I, no, it's okay. I mean, let's let's walk through the things that we've the, covered so thank far. Thank you for the support. Yeah, sports, uh, Top Gun, right? You know, it's and, mm -hmm. and the American education system. We've covered three things right here. <laughs> there, there's one next? thing I know, right? Well, seriously, there is one thing I want to I want to make sure that we cover as well. Why would someone pick that it is a methodology instead of a mindset? Oh, come on. I, I, I think that that's because of a misconception and a misunderstanding about the words that are being used. A lot of times you will hear people say agile scrum. Mm -hmm. You'll see it in training materials. I saw it recently in a presentation and had a slightly like sick yeah. reaction in my stomach because those aren't the right, the right words. And it's not because of a lack of desire to do the right thing generally it's just not understanding what it is that we're actually talking about sure you would you're, be surprised how many people i won't name any organizations say that they are agile but do not know where the agile values and principles are or what yeah, 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 yeah. the generalized sure. version of that to support your point is they in that moment that person at that moment at that moment in time conceptualize the world procedurally okay and what's happening is 
when you're making, when you're doing durable change, durable change, you're learning change, it's systematic. Yeah. And, and so like when some, you can tell where they're at, I have a test I use. Almost anybody has ridden a bike or understands, has learned to ride a bike. And so you say to them, describe to me how to teach a child, how a child learns to ride a bike or a person who's never ridden a bike. How do they learn how to ride a bike? And if they say, well, the first thing you do is this, is you put on training wheels and then you put the kid on the bike and then they pedal around and then later you take off the training wheels. They've just described a procedure, but that's not actually what occurred. I mean, it is, it's an approximation. Everything's an approximation, the simpler you make it. But if you go up one level higher of thinking, you're gonna see all kinds of interactions on another dimension, okay? And like how the kid is reacting and the handlebars and this, and like that those training wheels are only there so that the kid can learn how the other parts work. And then so eventually they can come off. I call that one revolution around the sun where now they can start to apply the knowledge of how to ride a bike creatively and start to learn to do tricks and things like that. Whereas I would say they're, they're learning how to balance themselves on the bike, which is why they have the training. Yeah. It's a way better way of saying what I just said. Right. <laughs> so like your, your thought is more, your thought is clearer on it than, I, than mine. That's what that says. You did yeah. a much cleaner sell of it. Well, but it's also, you know, we, we've had this conversation before where it's like, I'm right until I hear somebody tell me a better way. And then I'm right. I just have the better way. So I, that's right. That's right. I, I totally agree with that. Cause I said, that's right. I didn't try to correct it or add on. Yeah. I, I think that's right. That there's an aspect of, you know, we're, we're learning how to do this, but I also think that there's a reinforcement across the industry. If you look like industry analyst reports, Gartner, Forrester, whoever's producing this, they say state of agile and what they really are talking about most of the time is scrum. Yep. Right, because they're talking about the ceremony. And we're not supposed to say that anywhere. They're talking about the event structure. The event. Mm-hmm. The event structure. But, and- but, 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 but the word is correct. They think it's ceremonial. That's a real word. And it's, it's not. It, the ceremonies are, they're not, that's not the point. That's a, that's a one tool in the Agile tool belt. One of like I mean, hundreds. The good thing about, well, about Scrum is it's really prescriptive. Right. And it's super easy to pick up. Yeah. It's procedural. Yeah. And and apply. There are these five events, four or five events that you can pick up, put on top of a team, have them be cross functional. Sure. I'm going to audit my. Yeah. Go ahead. The reality of Scrum is it is disruptive to organization and it's intentionally so to try to expose what is broken inside of that organization, what we need to choose based on our mindset is what we choose to do about those problems in our organization. We can be apathetic that QA is always at the end of the sprint cycle. They don't have any time to test. Be apathetic about the fact that we don't do continuous integration. We don't do automated testing. There's a whole lot of things that we can just accept as fact. And that's where we are. But if if we want to apply that mindset, how do we continuously improve that situation now that we've put in a framework or a methodology that will help us expose those problems? Yeah, so, I'm going to support. I'm going to support your point. You're see if this works. See if how, this is how I decide. I, I'm auditing myself. I've advocated for Scrum, 
when the organization in my estimation or the person that hired me believed that bones need to be broken in the organization. Oh, I've had so that. You, boom. On the other side, the newest thing I'm doing, there's this, a, a team forming called the Bonsai team. We're not using Scrum. We're incubating value by value to get through because we're coming from nothing. We're coming from nothing. And it's like we're forming and then we're working through some storms and then norming and then performing. So I think it depends, to me, it depends. If, if I'm Greenfield, I do an incubation approach. If it's, we need to tend to shockwave through the organization, we do scrum. But does so, that resonate with you guys? A bit. I mean, what I'll say is that I think where implementation fail or struggle is where they come in and it's they, to use a phrase that someone on this conversation uses a lot, they don't meet them where they're at. They come in and they say, this is the way it's going to be. You're going to make all these changes. And instead of inspecting what they do, and adapting not only their structure and their event cycle and their way of doing business to what could be better, right? They don't adapt. The, the people who are coming in don't adapt. You know, it's like they have their, here's, here's the set rules or here's our set playbook that we're going to do that we mm -hmm. always mm -hmm. do that always works. And so you end up with this mismatch of, People who don't want to change and people who have a solution for the problem and they don't meet together to try to inspect and adapt and learn from each other. Because my game has consistently improved on every engagement where I've actually learned more about how other people do things. I am not I, successful yeah. if I come in and I go... This is the way it's going to be. This is the way it'll always be. Yeah, I've gotten way better at being an agile coach because I have children that are four years apart. So like if I don't put some structure around things, my three-year-old has no possibility of participating without sure. me yep. without me doing everything, okay? Yep. Which, which isn't where I want to be as a parent. That's not my style. I'm not judging other people's styles. It's not my style. So I'm judging that it wouldn't be good for me to do that. My seven-year-old, it's different. Like he can come up with all kinds of stuff on his own. He needs very little guidance. And so he just needs to understand the, the motivation of what we're doing. And then he comes up with something creative that works better than what I could have conceptualized in my head sometimes. And because he, because he's at that level where he's putting all his energy into that little thing to him, if that's little thing is a huge thing. And to me, it's a little thing. It's a little thing. So it's like, that I'm just creating a, I, it's like we're metaphorically putting a child inside a room so they can creatively flourish and explore it. Whereas like a three-year-old, that room is a lot smaller and needs a lot more guidance. And so that, that to me is like, so when I'm doing a team that has seen Scrum before, sometimes most of it's unlearning. Yep. It sounds like your household has a culture that is conducive to continuous learning and um, safety to fail mm -hmm. and experiment. 
which is awesome. I would say that the approach that we need to take with organizations is highly dependent on that culture being in place. There needs yep. to be a space for that to happen. I have worked in multiple organizations that were highly bureaucratic, if, if not borderline psychotic, and had success inside success inside of the organization by meeting them where they were. That See, I, that I'm going to agree. Won't work in every organization. I'm going to. I've read a book, Measure What Matters, recently, the OKR Revolution, right? somewhat recently and i think he was i think this is where i got this they try to implement okrs it doesn't matter unless the culture is conducive to it and if it isn't don't do the okrs because you're just gonna it's just it's pointless and it, it's just gonna frustrate people and then you make even less money if you're yeah. in a for-profit company and then then you've done something irrational and then the person doing the okr the whole point is to make sure it's rational for everybody. So it's like, it does, it just doesn't exist. It doesn't want to exist there. So if you, I don't know if agile is a culture or not, maybe, maybe not. I haven't thought about it enough, but you definitely need a agile compliant. There's like a, is this culture compliant or coherent, coherent enough, coherent enough to begin this conversation. And if it isn't, then you need to have a different conversation first and figure out, do you have the right leadership compared to where your values are at? And then it becomes a management culture issue that needs to be worked out first a little bit. So here's where I'm going to say we've hit 30 minutes. We've gone double stand up. I get to, I get to start with the, uh, and this is a longer iteration than normal. I think we could go on and on and on and on. What I want to say is I, what I'd like us to do is release this iteration, come back and revisit it after you guys have heard yourselves and see if there are things you would rebut about what you said. That could be the shortest episode ever where it's like, no, I agree with everything we said. Yeah, so we're doing a lot of pontification right now. I mean, I think the yeah, problem I, is that Michael and I agree passionately. I know about these values. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. But, but I have a, I have an active experiment going on right now. I probably shouldn't say this being recorded. There's an act. I'm testing this out right now on multiple two teams. Two teams. I this is my theory right now. So I it's testable in my opinion. It's quality, okay. qualitative, qualitative testing. Sure. Um, and if we may want, I mean, I don't know if there's interest, bring somebody else who's living through it without being knowing they're being I'm, a test subject. I'm always, I'm always down with that. Like we can, I mean, we, yeah. I mean, almost bringing in somebody that would argue that collaboration isn't the way we should go, right? Like, if you think about values, like set agile aside, your personal values are probably something that yeah. you consider as part of your DNA. Like yep. if somebody tried to tell me that integrity wasn't important, I would I would have a very <laughs> physical, emotional response to that. Sure. And you can't convince me otherwise. Well, what we, what we could do, we could do is find somebody who's been converted since we're going to be all religiousy <laughs> and say, why did you resist so hard so long? What could we have done? Yeah. Move it along faster at the beginning. See, so the next think, person. Yeah. I think I think that's going to be a hard find. 
because, well, maybe not. Maybe not. Because here, here's what's happening. They think they're like, it's green versus red. They yep. think it's Republican. I'm going to say it. They think it's Republican versus Democrat. And it's not. It's not. It's, it's like what it's how it's an order of understanding. You're going from sure. here to here. And it's agile is just a brand of higher order project management compared to what people are used to. And so it looks like it's doctrine versus doctrine. Sure. When you get into doctrine versus doctrine, it's not a good conversation because somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. And then you're trying to convert somebody you're telling is a loser. And that I will tell you that sale tactic will never, ever work. You can try it a million times. It never works. Okay. And so, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, no. So I'm going to say this is this is where we're going to stop for this one. Let's let's have let's have the next iteration on this in a bit because I want you I want look I think it's a great conversation I think we could go for hours on this but I'm going to time box this so until the next iteration where we have more of this because it may be the next iteration I don't know I'm Brent I'm Teresa I'm Michael until the next iteration you can give us a five-star rating at your podcast provider Shoot us an email at info at fasterthanastandup.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening, and that was Faster Than a Standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.